Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Carla Reads the Classics. Let's continue with Ernest Gaines, A Gathering of Old Men. This is segment three, and it's called Myrtle Bouchard, a.k.a. Miss Merle. I had Lucy bake me an apple pie because I knew how much Jack just liked his apple pie. I told Lucy when she came to work that morning if she baked me the best apple pie she ever baked in her life, I would give her half the day off. She told me, don't worry, and I'll be darned if she didn't bake the best one I ever seen or tasted. Golden brown and sweet, but not too sweet, just sweet enough. I told her at 12 o'clock sharp she could take off because I am a woman of my word. She said, don't I already know that, Miss Merle? Bless her heart. She said, why you think I baked the best apple pie I ever baked in my life? And the next one going to be twice as good. We both left the house at the same time. She going to her place at Medlow and I on my way to Marshall to see Jack and B. The pie was for Jack. And Lord, I wished he liked me as much as he did apple pie. But I had been saying that for years and years now. When I drove into the yard, I saw Janie coming out of the house in a hurry. I knew something was wrong. And when she came out into the yard, I could see that she had been crying. Then she told me, and I thought to myself, my Lord, my Lord. I looked at Jack asleep in the swing and I thought to myself, my Lord, my Lord. I forgot all about the apple pie. I hurried back into the car and sped out of the yard, turning down into the quarters. I could see the tractor in the middle of the road, and I could see Candy's black LTD parked in the ditch on the right. But I didn't see any of the people as I drove past the old houses. Just like little bed bugs, I told myself. Just like frightened little bed bugs now. But when I stopped before Matthew's house, I could see they were not bed bugs after all. They were all there in the yard and on the porch. Three of them had shotguns, Matthew, Johnny Paul, and Ruth. None of the women had guns. They and the children just sat there watching me. Candy was in the road by the time I got out of the car. I killed both, she said. I was still looking past her at Matthew and Ruth and Johnny Paul with those old shotguns. Matthew squatted against the wall by the door, the gun cradled in his arms. Squatting, not sitting or standing, was his favorite position when he was out on the porch. And by the door, against the wall, was his favorite place to be. Johnny Paul sat on the steps with his gun and Ruth leaned back against the end of the porch with his. I had never seen anything like this in all my life before and I wasn't too sure I was seeing it now. What? I said, still watching the porch. I shot both, Candy said. I looked back at her. I didn't jerk my head around. I looked at her slowly. I had known Candy over 25 years. She was no more than five or six when her mother and father were killed in a car wreck, and I had helped raise her. Surely Matthew here in the quarters and I at the main house had done just as much to raise her and had as had her uncle and aunt, maybe even more than they. Yes, he and I had done more than they, so I knew when she was lying to me, and I knew she was lying to me now. Candy, what's going on down here? I asked her. Listen, she said. She was small, not more than five, two, and thin as a dime. She wore the wrong clothes, and that hair was cropped too short for a young woman interested in catching a man. But Candy was not. A young man came around, but I had no idea what kind of relationship they had. Probably the same kind Jack and I had. 
I don't know what's going on, she said. I wanted you or Lou here before Mapes got here. I, I don't... What are they doing with those guns? I asked her. I don't know, Miss Merle, she said. I shot him, but all of a sudden Matthew said he shot him. Then all of a sudden Rue said he shot him. Johnny Paul was nowhere around here, but after he came here and saw what had happened... He said he has had just as much reason to shoot Bo as anybody, so he ran home and got his old gun, but but I shot him. I looked at him lying over there in the weeds. The weeds were so high I could barely see anything more than just the tip of his cowboy boots, and I wasn't sh- and I and I sure wasn't going any closer to get a better look at the rest of him. Don't they know who that is? I said to Candy. They know she said. They just want the credit for shooting him, but I shot him. Here in Matthew's yard, Candy, Mapes is no fool, you know. I shot him, she said. You gotta believe me. I don't care if Mapes does or not. I need you to believe me. Clinton can handle Mapes in court. And who's going to handle Fix, Candy? I asked her before you even get to court. Fix. I shot him, she said. You must believe that. No, I said. Yes, she said. No, I said, shaking my head. I looked past her at Matthew squatting against that wall with that gun cradled in his arm. He was smoking a cigarette now. He knew I was looking at him, but he was looking past me at the tractor out there in the road. The rest of the people watched quietly from the porch and the steps. I won't let them touch my people, she said. I did it. I looked back at her. She knew that I had been looking at him. That's how it's going to be, she said. She knew that I knew better, though. Candy, I said. Now, I want you to do something for me, she said quickly. The best thing I can do for you is is make you tell me the truth, Candy, I said. I told you the truth, she said, but she knew that I knew better. Now, can you do one of two things? Now, you can do one of two things, she said. Help me or leave. Leave? I asked. I didn't have to look at Bo again. I didn't have to look at Matthew. Since she knew I wouldn't leave, couldn't leave. Leave? I said. Help me then, she said. Help you how, Candy? I need more guns, she said. What? Give me 12, give me more 12 gauge shotguns, she said. Give me more people here. More people? I asked her. More people for what, Candy? You see what they're doing? She said, nodding towards the porch. I had already seen them, so I didn't have to look again. I see old men with shotguns, I said. That's what I see, I said. Yes, she said, and I need more. Mapes come here, he'll beat up two till they talk, and he'll take one. I need more people here. Candy, are you crazy? I said, are you crazy? Do you know what you're saying? I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm doing, she said. Get me some more people here, quick. Get who? I said. Who? She said. She looked at me the way you look at somebody playing dumb, but I was not playing dumb. I didn't know who she was talking about. Who? She said again. There's not a black family in this parish. Fixing this crowd hasn't hurt some time. There's not a black crowd black family in this parish that fixing his crowd hasn't hurt some time or other. You're older than I am. You Now is their chance to stand and be killed? Is that what you want? Blood all over this place? 
look around you, Miss Merle, she said, waving her hand toward the porch. I didn't have to look around to know how quietly they sat watching and listening. Aren't they ready to die? She asked. Look at Matthew. Do you know who Matthew is, Miss Merle? Miss Merle, I asked, do you know who Matthew is? I know who Matthew is, Candy, I told her. I knew Matthew long before you were ever born. And I looked at her long enough to let her know that I knew it was he who had done it and not she. She turned away quickly. Look at Ruth, she said, trying to throw my mind off Matthew. Look at Johnny Paul. Candy, I said. We don't have much time, she said. We have to notify Mape sooner or later. I want an hour jump on him at least. I want Lou here before he gets here. I want more people here with 12-gauge shotguns and number five shells. Empty number five shells. Empty. Now, you don't have much time. Talk to Janie. Talk to Janie about what, Candy? In case you have forgotten what Fix has done to these people around here, maybe she can remind you I will not let Mapes or Fix harm my people. Candy, I said. I reached out to take her arm, but she moved back out of my reach. Candy, I said. No, I won't let them harm my people, she said. I will protect my people, my daddy and all of them before him did. And I, Candy, I said. I'll stand alone, she said. Before I let them harm my people, I'll stand alone. Candy, please, please, Candy, I said. I did it, she said. Nobody in this parish will ever believe that. I don't care what people in this parish believe, she said. What do I care about what people in this parish believe? I'll stand alone. I turned from her and looked at Matthew squatting there, black as pitch with that double-barrel shotgun cradled in his arms. How many times had I stood in that yard talking to him while he squatted there and she sitting across from him at the end of the porch? How many times had I driven by, not stopping, but waving at him while he squatted there and she sitting on the steps or at the end of the porch talking to him? How many times had I sat on the porch at Marshall House talking to him while he sat on the steps holding his hat between his knees and she sitting on the banister closer to him than she was to me, her aunt or her uncle? How many times? How many times? How many times? I turned back to her, but before I could open my mouth, she was already saying it again. I did it. What I ought to do is get away from here, I told her. That's what I should have done years ago, but I don't have any sense. I never had any sense, have I? You and Lou are all that I have to turn to, she said. Sure, I said. Two of a kind, both fools. We both should have gone other directions years ago, but no, no. Go talk to Janie, she said. I didn't say anything about going along. Make her give you some names, she said. She had not heard one word that I had said. Lot of names, she said. Twelve-gauge shotguns and number five shells. Empty number five shells. When, Ma when Mapes gets here, I'm going to need a lot of empty number five shells. Sure, I said, because that's the size he used on Bo that quieted her for a second but only a second then she was right back at it again put Janie out there on the west gallery to look out for Lou when Lou passes by the house call Mapes don't call Mapes till Lou passes by I want Lou here first if you ever love this family if you ever love me please I hope I didn't I said looking at her I hope I had never heard of any of you
I looked across the toes of those cowboy boots at at Matthew squatting there with that shotgun. He had lit another cigarette. He wasn't even looking towards us anymore. He was looking down the quarters. Toward what? There was nothing to see from here but the tall bloodweeds that grew on the on the ditch bank and beside the road. I turned away without saying another word. It took me two or three minutes to get back to Marshall House. I started blowing the horn before I came into the yard, and by the time I stopped the car, Janie was already out there. Jack was still asleep in the swing. Get that apple pie off the back seat and follow me, I told her. Where's B? The West Gary, Janie said. Jack, I said, going up the steps. Jack, he can't hear you, Janie said. I went over to the swing and shook him. Jack, Jack. It's no use, Janie said. Jack, I called, shaking him again, but he didn't even grunt. Oh, to hell with him. He never wanted any part of it anyhow. Janie and I went inside. While she took the pie to the kitchen, I went out to the West Gallery looking for Bee. I found her sitting in her rocking chair by the door, gazing across the flower garden towards the trees in the outer pasture. Beyond the trees was the road that led you down into the quarters. At the mouth of this road was the main highway heading towards Bayonne, and just on the other side of the highway was the St. Charles River. A light breeze had just risen up from the river, and I caught a faint odor from the from the sweet olive bush which stood in the far right corner of the garden. B, I have to talk to you, I said. That's you, Merle, she said, looking over her shoulder at me. Good. Now I can have my pea picker. It's almost one o'clock. Where's Janie? Oh, Janie, she called. B, I said, standing in front of her. We don't have time for pea pickers, B. Nonsense, she said. When didn't you have time for a pea picker? Where is Janie? B, I said, don't you know what's happened? I don't care what's happened, she said. She looked back towards the screen door. Janie, she called. Yes, ma'am, Janie said, coming outside. You know what time it is? B asked, looking up at her. Janie looked at me. She didn't know what to do. B, I said, a man is dead. A man is dead in the quarters, B. Boo Boo Tan is dead. Well, she said, what can I do about it? People die all the time. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Janie, you know what time it is? Don't move, Janie, I said. I need you out here, B. I said, did you hear me? A man is dead. Bobutan was shot down in the quarters, and Candy is down there claiming she did it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? That gal got spunk, B said always said she had spunk. That's why she won't get married, all that spunk. Janie, go in there and get those pea pickers. Janie, go in there and get those pea pickers. Don't you move, Janie, I said. What did you say? B asked, looking up at me. Her little overpowdered white face was as wrinkled as a prune. Her blue-dyed hair was so thin you could see her gray skull. Only her grayish-blue eyes were still alive and youthful, but now angry. What did you say? She asked me again. You told her don't. This is not Seven Oaks, miss. This is Marshall. At Marshall, I say don't, and I say do. 
She looked at Janie just as hard as she had looked at me. What are you waiting on? She asked her. Yes, ma'am, Janie said and went back inside. She must have had the drinks already mixed and sitting in the refrigerator because she was back with two of them within a couple of minutes. The drink was made of gin and pink lemonade garnished with a slice of orange, a cherry, a piece of lime, a sprig of mint, and a paper straw the color of a peppermint stick. I set my drink on the banister, but B couldn't wait to get started on hers. It was her first drink of the day, and she was already running more than half an hour late. Janie and I stood there watching her. Now, what did you say Candy did? She asked. That gal got spunk just like Grandpa Nate. My God, I said. My God, Beatrice. Candy just told me she killed somebody. Is that all you got to say? She's just like her grandpa? My grandpa, she said. Her great-great-grandpa. Her grandpa-grandpa. About time she shot one of them Cajuns messing up the land with those tractors. Yes, that gal's got spunk in her. I could see that I was wasting my time talking to Beatrice, and I turned to Janie. Janie was standing there looking down at her and biting her lips as if she were about to start crying again. Hold up, Janie, I told her. I need somebody around here with me. Now you hold up now. I'm strong, she said. You better be strong, I said. Now listen, I want nothing but answers. Nothing but answers. No questions, answers. Who do you know don't like fix? Ma'am, she said, drawing back and looking at me as though I were out of my mind. You would have thought I had just asked her who did she know who liked the devil. I told you no questions, Janie, just answers, I said. We don't have time for both of us to ask questions. I ask the questions, you answer them. Now, who do you know don't like fix? I don't like him, B said. I've never liked him. Why we ever let his kind on this land, I don't know. The land was the, the land has not been the same since they brought those tractors here. Beatrice, please shut up, I said. Please, please, Beatrice. She raised the glass and sucked on the straw again. Janie, who do you know don't like fix? I don't know nobody do like fix, she said. Do you think they hate them enough to stand up to mapes? Ma'am, she said. Janie, I warned you. I said, yes or no, will they stand or won't they stand up to mates with empty shotguns? I don't know what you're talking about, Miss Merle, she said. She wanted to cry. Please, ma'am, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll tell you what I'm talking about, I told her. I'll tell you once, and I want answers from then on. You got a crazy 30-year-old white gal down in the quarters claiming she just killed a white man. Now, I know she didn't, and Matthew did, but she's going to protect Matthew. She's going to protect him even if she has to get every other black person in the state involved. She's already got two fools down there, Ruth and Johnny Paul, claiming they did it. But that's not enough for her. She wants more. 10, 15, 20, a thousand more. She wants them to get... She wants them to get 12-gauge shotguns, number five shells, fire and guns, fire the guns, keep the, keep the empty shells so that when Mapes points his finger at Matthew, they can all say, who do you know who don't like fix? Get them on that phone. Now she started crying, bawling there like a, like a lunatic. Oh, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Don't make me do nothing like that. Please, Miss Merle, please, ma'am. Miss Merle, don't make me do nothing like that. 
I grabbed her in the collar and slapped her two or three times. Don't you tell me don't make you do nothing like that, I told her. You think I'm having fun? You tell me who don't like fix or I start slapping some more. Now, who don't like fix? She threw her head back, her black, round face quivering there like jelly, and the tears just pouring down her cheeks. I knew I was being unmerciful, taking out my frustration on her, but I didn't care. If if I was going to be in it, then they all would be in it. And if I had to slap her around to get her to know to get her to know she was going to be in it, then that was just too bad. Who don't like fix? I asked her again. Clad too, that's for sure. B said, bad blood been there for years. I looked down at B, but she was already sucking on that straw again. I tried to remember what Fix had done to Klaatu. I knew most of the history of that river and of that parish the past 50 years. I tried to remember now what Fix and Klaatu had had it about. Then I remembered it was not Fix, it was that crazy brother of his, Forrest Botan, who had tried to rape one of Klaatu's sisters. She had defended herself by chopping him half a dozen times with a cane knife. She didn't kill him, but he was well marked for the rest of his days. And she was sent to, and she was sent to the pen for the rest of hers, where after so many years she died insane. That happened just before the Second World War. Klaatu still at Glen? I asked Janie. She was still trying to get away from me, but I was known to have two of the strongest hands in St. Raphael Parish. Yes, ma'am, she said when she couldn't break loose. Still there, gardening. Has he got a phone? I, 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 she said. I yanked on the collar of her dress. Speak up, damn it. He stayed there with Emma, she said, crying. What name Emma goes under? Henderson, she said. I believe, yes, ma'am, it's Henderson. I turned her loose and she started rubbing the side of her neck. I'm going in there and get that number out of the phone book, I told her. You and B think up some more names. Think up a dozen of them. We might as well all go to jail or all go to the crazy house one. Where's that phone book? On the table by the fireplace, Janie said. When I get through with Klaatu, you all better have me some more names ready, I said. You hear me, don't you? Yes, ma'am, she said. First, get me another drink. He said, hand, handing Janie the glass. Lord have mercy, Janie said. Don't I have enough trouble already, Miss B? You take this glass and get in there and get me another drink, B said. I'll help you with your names when you come back. Janie took the glass and I got my drink off the banister and we went inside together. She went into the back to get B another drink and I went to the phone to call Klaatu. that'll do it for segment three thank you so much for listening here at carla reads the classics until next time